This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by The Nephilist. I'm Ian Turner and my guests this week are Grant McIver and Richard Payne of Song Merchants. But first, if you enjoy today's show, I'd love for you to subscribe. Head to gardenofsound.nz and right there on the front page are your favourite subscription links. And while you're there, head to the podcast page and check out all of the fantastic guests I've had on over the last four years. But today, two-fifths of song merchants. They've been playing and writing in one form or another for over 30 years, varying from making it big to covers band and back again. They're a font of knowledge on the Christchurch music scene and haven't rested on their laurels, most recently collaborating with Shiraz Man on Fairlight, an electronica-influenced side project, which you'll hear later today. But what, and more importantly, who, is the driving force behind the band? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Song Merchants on Plains FM 96.9. And a very good afternoon, early evening to uh, two of the, the Song Merchants, to uh, Grant and Richard. The three of you not here today, but you two shall make up the numbers. I just want to kick off Richard. Have you got a first memory of music? Uh, really, it was during the 70s when my parents belonged to the record club. We used to get records sent every month, big pile of them. Wow. And you listened to them, and if you didn't like the particular ones, you sent them back. You got to send them back? Yeah. Okay. So any um, any particular artists that spring to mind? Uh, just all the 70s ones, the Fleetwood Mac, Okay. Uh, that kind of stuff. So the, so Eagles, the good ones? Eagles, Fleetwood Mac. Any that you couldn't couldn't stand, didn't enjoy? Probably wipe them from my memory. Okay. Maybe, maybe some disco ones. Yeah. Something like that. There was some pretty tacky ones in there. Uh, yeah. Roger Whittaker. Okay. They kind of... There we go. Yeah. Great. We great all, baritone <laughs> voice. We all need a whistle. Great about, baritone. What about you, Grant? What was um, music like at home for you? I spent first few years in Dunedin, and um, I've got a vivid memory of sort of first time registering with music, and that was um, beautiful, fine summer day like we had earlier this week. And hearing Mrs. Robinson being played over the fence, okay, I'm thinking, wow, what's that sound? You yeah, know? And getting up on the fence and it's coming from you know next door. Someone was probably doing the gardening or something, and just making that emotional connection uh-huh. with music. So, how much time did you spend in the backyard hoping for that next amazing tune? <sighs> I was fortunate enough too that I had a few. Um, uh, Sesame Street records and the Wombles and Excellent. and there was some fantastic songwriting on that stuff. Eh, like Mike Bat yes. wrote, wrote all those Wombles songs. You're about the third person <laughs> in as many months to to reference the Wombles. I mean, yeah. it's had a profound effect. It has. Um, it what has. about what about grown up music aside from uh, Simon and Garfunkel? Was there anything anything of note as a young person? So then moving on a little later, um, getting my own radio and just listening to all the stuff that was kind of being played at the time, yeah. um, coming through all of the um, the sort of the late punk stuff, The Clash and mm. The Cure and 
um, Blondie and um, all that time. I'm presuming that mum and dad weren't into into that. No, 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 they weren't. But actually mum mum had some good Joni Mitchell albums, The Seekers and some of that folk, which is definitely an influence too. Yeah. Richard, was there any uh, musical talent displayed by your family growing up? I'm the only one, actually. Okay. Uh, I've got two older brothers, and I actually taught one of my brothers how to play uh, bass. Oh, wow. So that I could play you along taught, with them. Okay, you taught him how to play bass. Okay. Because <laughs> I wanted someone to play along with. So, Fantastic. Yeah. There's no kind of musical, in my direct family, there's no musical playing or anything. Yeah. Although I did have some, one part of my family that used to live on the West Coast, I think it was my grandfather's family, they all played. Yeah. Instruments. Yeah. They had like a whole brass band just in that whole family. It seems and, and to it, be it a West Coast a generation. thing. Yeah, it skipped a few generations and I, I seem to be lumped with it. No aspirations to, to pick up the tuba or similar? Absolutely not. No. no. None. But, you know, you do have the bass element, obviously, with the, um, the the drums at least. Why why the separation? Why didn't you want to go down the um, the musical instrument? Well, route? funnily enough, I, I actually play multi-instruments. Okay. Because I, I can't make my mind up which one that I like Fantastic. best. So I play drums, guitar and bass. Uh, Grant, when was your first sort of uh, introduction to a musical instrument at least? I basically was inspired one of those reruns of A Hard Day's Night, I think. Okay. You know, Sunday afternoon. Got out mum's blow-up purple 70s Humpty and uh, grabbed grab the knitting needles out and just started attacking that, really. And okay. that was that was me. I was going to play drums, you know, that's all I wanted to do. And then actually my, my, my grandmother said, well, hang on, you know, you're, uh, your mother drives a Mini. You can't drive. Uh, you're, you're like 12. Um, I'll buy you a guitar. And I went, okay. And then I just gravitated to that. Not long after that, probably... Met you, Rich, didn't I? And, um, Not long after that, yeah. And so it was like, well, you play the drums and I'll play guitar. So you'd moved from a Ringo to a, to a George or was it more a, a John? Uh, it was Paul, I think. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think, you know, early on it was Paul. Yeah. And like you just have a phase, you move through all the Beatles, don't you? Okay. Because they're so talented. What about first groups for you guys? What was your first band? The same one I'm in now. So nothing prior to Song Merchants? No? Uh, it was just me and Grant initially. Yeah. Uh, in Circa? W- wow, early 80s. Okay. Once Grant had got his guitar, uh, I asked my parents to buy me a drum kit. Yeah. Which they bought one out of the press or something for $100. Oh, amazing. It was a pretty cheap little thing, but yeah. it did the job. Yeah. And the first thing we did together is write a song. Do you remember what it was called? Grant? <laughs> I wrote one called Reflections of Tomorrow, which okay. was... Um, uh, or rot for short. Yeah. And Richie, you wrote one called uh, One Way or something, didn't you? Yeah. Or and who was the? What was the musical influence for uh, for each of those songs? Oh, look, we were definitely into the the church. I think together we'd we'd done a big sort of a communal uh, kiss kind of phase, hadn't we? In our in our you know early early teens, mm. um, and we just seemed to like the same music, didn't we, mate? Cool. You know. Yeah, um, I mean, Kiss was a big influence for me, still are. Yeah. They're all up my arm, tattoos. Okay. I mean, initially with them, I was more interested in the in the sort of image of them yeah. rather than uh, the them music. actually playing instruments. But They're a fantastic band, but you are struck by the um, by the makeup and the, the hair. Persona and the, and yeah. everything. They, they were kind of like, for me, they were the Beatles of the 70s. Okay. Uh, they were very individual, four different guys. and um, I'm just wondering, because I'm thinking about the tattoos there, Kiss kind of like a you know a variant on Led Zeppelin in a way, Elvis true. that kind of so true that kind of kind of thing. What about Led Zepp? I mean, is that 
Who for, doesn't like Led Zeppelin? Who doesn't like Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Okay. For me as well. And as a guitarist, Ace Frehley of Kiss, yep. um, Jimmy Page, there's one instrument that'll make the hairs on my arms stand up. Yep. And that's electric guitar, yep. you know, and yeah. that's hearing some of those uh, those riffs, you know. Okay, so we're, we're the early 80s. Uh, we've got a bit of a Kiss influence there. You talked about the, uh, the, the church quite a bit. And it is time for some music. Um, is there a particular track by the church that you guys want to play right now? Yes, off their first album of Skins and Heart. Uh-huh. And there's a song called Memories in Future Tense. Okay, and why this particular song? Grant? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure why we chose this one, actually, Rich. I think because we'd called ourselves the Pioneers. That was our first name of our band. And yeah. then we wrote to all the schools in Christchurch looking for other musicians to be in our band. Yep. And um, we came up with a name. Uh, not long after that, and we called ourselves Bel Air, which was a name okay. that had been around in Christchurch for quite a while after that. But yeah. influenced by the church, yep. who had a song of a similar name, and I think also the whole kind of Hollywood, Maryland kind of vibe. <laughs> They bought you, they sold you, 
is the Garden of Sound interview with Song Merchants on Plains FM 96.9. Um, Richard, I'll kick off with you. Concerts and stuff, young person, maybe somebody put some money in your hand or bought some tickets for you. What was the first big gig you remember? The first big one I remember is Sweetwater South. Okay. And w- what a what a fair show to go to. Right. I mean, you had Talking Heads with a headline. There was Simple Minds, there was Pretenders. Amazing. It, it was an incredible day. Where Where was it? Uh, at QE2. Okay. QE2 Stadium. There was a lot more of the festivals up north. This was just a one-off yeah. uh, in the South Island. It was the only one they ever did, I believe. Okay. They had planned more, but they never never happened. What are we, mid-80s, maybe? 84. 84, okay. I, I believe, yeah. Wow, what a time to be alive. Actually, you too were supposed to play. As well. And, and Yeah, and of course they weren't the band they are now, yeah. back then in 84. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, they didn't come in the end. Yeah. But I was more than happy with the three bands that were headlining. What was your, um, uh, who was the top or what was the takeaway track? What's something that really got you? I just remember the Talking Heads doing Psycho Killer. He came okay. out with the little uh, little transistor radio and mm-hmm. plonked it down on the stage. Yeah. Just him, David Byrne and the acoustic guitar. Yeah. And I, I, it was just amazing. I've never seen anything like it. And then yeah. one by one, they rolled all the rest of the band on. Yeah. And it was just amazing. Yeah. Grant, first gig actually was... We were both supposed to go and see, uh, again, the church, Australian band, the church, who yes. were booked to play the town hall. And they cancelled that yeah. and it turned into a pub gig. And so um, I'm 15, sort of looking a bit older than 15. Richard's 15, looking about 12. And uh, <laughs> so I said to mum, look, you know, if I, um, if I get in, can you let me go? And you needed to be 20 at the time. And she said yes, thinking that I'd never get in. And I've just got this vivid memory of <laughs> Getting dropped off and giving my ticket to the bouncer, and going in and just you know straight to the front of the stage, standing there and just seeing this band, oh, amazing, you know. So the church at the Sandridge was my was my first kind of musical event. 
Where did song merchants meet? We weren't actually song merchants originally. Yeah. Grant mentioned that we were the pioneers yes. when it was just the two of us. And then Bellier. And then we changed our name to Bellier. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's been so many members over the years in Bellier. You know who you are, and uh, it would be great to name you, so big shout any, out. Um, any acrimonious departures? Oh, it's 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 just, it just like music. it's music. It's like the it's like the movie School of Rock, you know. If you've seen that, so being the original band that we were, we we had a few early members. I think our first gig was uh, at the Boys High Fair, yeah, nineteen eighty four. Yep, and that was uh, we had a, a Prue on the piano, upright yep. piano, bass, drums. She wrote some great songs, and not long after that, the current member in the band, uh, Marcel. And, uh, you know, he could only play a couple of notes on the guitar at that time. Okay. Uh, he was learning the bass, but... Well, he was actually a drummer when we met him. Oh, okay. that, that'll be right. right. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. Oh. He's better than I am, you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was very influenced by the by the police. Yep. Uh, so he had kind of Stuart Copeland's yeah, chops. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and amazing drummer. Yeah. But I said, well, I'm the drummer. You're yeah. going to have to find another instrument. Yeah. Uh, so I had a bass guitar at home, so I went back home and grabbed that and gave it to him and he's never looked back okay and so not across the years longingly looking at you on the kit bass is his thing okay oh you're it telling it you're telling a fib there rich we remember we used to have a couple of tunes where we, you guys would swap around now uh, it comes early, you've just early, blocked it out of your memory yeah. haven't you <laughs> early on we did that we don't yep. do it these days yeah any particular shows that have you know gone up in smoke We've had some. There's been some good, memorable gigs with um, with Mac and the band. We uh, we did some of the early summer times ones okay. in um, in Hagley Park. Yeah, they were wonderful. Yeah, um, I remember doing one of those the day after the the space shuttle exploded. You know, that's oh, wow. kind of a, a, a marker in time. Yeah, and you know, we were really fortunate that people just put put tapes and desks and recorded us at the time. Mm. So we've got all these sort of Great. very. We've got an archive of, of, of tapes. stuff that will never see the yeah. light of day because it's pretty terrible, but um, it just captures that early sort of, you know, the essence. What are the brilliant venues that are lost forever in Christchurch? What are the ones that you remember that you just wish, oh, man, what a vibe, what a time? Well, we, we played at the Gladstone Hotel, actually, a couple of times in the early days as well when that was being run by John Greenfield. Yeah, that was your classic old pub. We... Um, moved into covers at one stage and we're yeah. at the Papua New Tavern mm-hmm. and some of those lounge bars and mm. you know you had someone doing the sound yeah someone doing the lights okay there was a there was a person there who just did the spotlight you know that yep. was their job yeah <laughs> for the night yeah <laughs> so were you playing at the time when you know like when there was the Aranui and so on and 400 actually odd people yes the Aranui we did our first pub gig at the Aranui okay Louie and the Hot Sticks we supported them Yep. One night we opened for them. Two okay. nights, mate. Two oh, nights. Two, two nights. nights. There we go. You got it. Oh, so it's attention to detail. Which was, the, one which was the better one, Grant? <laughs> Can't remember, but we've got a recording of it somewhere. Yeah. And again, that was a shout out to Al Park because yep. someone knew Al Park. I don't remember how he got it, but he came along to a practice and he just said, oh, you guys want to come along and, yep. you know, yeah. play songs that are your own that no one's ever heard yeah. before our band, which is a cover band, uh-huh. you know. And you went down all right, yeah? Yeah, it was pretty early in the night, I remember. Yeah. But it, was, it was more sort of friends, really, than yeah. anything at that point. So we, yeah. we got out okay. We got out alive. What did you guys set out to do? What was the big plan? So I think, sort of for me personally, playing a guitar was like sort of writing a diary or just, just having a way of being able to provide a, a, a level of expression. Yep. And then um, when the music came along and then, you know, when, when Rich and, and Marcel and then later on, uh, not much later on, actually, Sarah on yeah. vocals. Yep. Uh, so she enters the the story quite early on as well. Yeah, 
we recorded uh, our first four songs for originals. Yep. Uh, with Dave Tikau on vocals mm. at the old Audio Access Studio. That was in Bedford Row. You know, ben Stockwell engineered that, who I'd been an intermediate with Ben, and mm. he, he was an amazing musician yeah. at, even at, at a young age, very young age. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we just kind of we just kept rolling, didn't we, Rich? You know, we just kind of kept moving along and writing. Well, the goal ultimately, I guess, was to, to make a career of it or to to do it professionally. Yeah. And... At some point, we decided to, to do covers. <laughs> Everything kind of changed then because you, you, you turn into a covers band. Mm-hmm. It just happened sort of naturally. Yeah. You know, we were doing uh, maybe three covers and all originals in the set. Mm. And then within a year or so, it had changed around the other way where we were doing all covers and maybe just a few originals. What was the impetus? It's just easier to get gigs when you yeah. do covers. Okay. Mm. And we, we, we had ba- we had these great band rooms down Carlisle Street that we rented and um, there was four or five different rooms with different bands in. Yep. And the early makings of a May May rented a room there and that's um, Justin and um, the, his brother, a- Andrew, is it? Andrew yep. and um, Bo. And they were getting gigs, Bo Runger. They were getting gigs yep. at, at, uh, at pubs and then so we kind of, Maybe we just kind of had that connection with them. Mm. We saw how professional they were. Yep. And um, they'd go from one place and we'd sort of had an opportunity to maybe pick up their residency. Mm. And away it went. And it just flowed. Yeah. And before and you know flowed. it, you're a, you're a covers band. Yeah. Um, we're going to pick the original music story up in the next section of the show. Just in the meantime, we're going to play a um, another track. And I do ask for an all-time favourite, um, and it's Alan Parsons' project. Uh, what particular track are we going to hear? We're going to listen to "Damned If I Do." This song's uh, it's got it's got all the elements. It's got um, great vocals. It's got orchestral production in the middle, yep. or orchestral section, and um, a great motif that runs through the whole song. Brilliant songwriting. Brilliant producing too. I've always been amazed at Alan Parsons because he, he he's not actually the singer of the band he's yep. the engineer yep. which is quite a, a different concept it's uh, the project it's the project yeah, yeah that's great alright here we go um, Alan Parsons projects Damned If I Do
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Song Merchants on Plains FM 96.9. And boy, we've been hearing some some stories um, while that Alan Parsons Project song played. Um, what we are going to hear at the end of this section is a track called In Dark, uh, which is obviously an original song by you guys. Um, when was it recorded? So recorded actually uh, about started in 2007, okay. 2008. Yeah. We went into a studio in, in, in town here and we Cle- had... Cleve Town, wasn't it? Cleve Town. Cleve Town. Where was that? It was above C1, C4 Coffee in Litchfield Street. Oh, okay. And Cactus Climbing and those guys were in there. Wow. And there was another okay. studio there. Basically, yeah. we got we got most of our the, the Get to Work album done. Yeah. Uh, and boom, earthquakes. Okay. Yeah, we, we were drawing on material from early days through to that time. So who wrote the track? I did. You wrote the track. You I wrote it in London person. actually. Okay. I wrote it in London. So what were you doing over there? Uh, just on my OE. Yeah. I was nineteen when I was over there. Yeah. And uh And what was I your took, inspiration? I took my twelve string guitar with me. Yeah. And I was just strumming around one day and I came up with this chord progression. It was kind of jangly. Yeah. Uh, sort of sound and just reminded me of a, of a certain night actually that that uh, we'd been partying years before mm. Elmwood Park <laughs> we used to hang out there yeah so um, th- just these these chords that I that I came up with evoked a memory of that and so okay. I, I just you know we spent many nights um, in those days you know partying what were your um, um what were your musical memories of being in the UK did you get out and see many gigs I was actually in a, a, a couple of bands over there yeah but uh, they weren't really what I was looking for mm. I kind of went over there to to seek fame and fortune. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I got into a band with some crazy Scottish guys. Yep. Uh, yeah, they wrote that song, eh? Um, yeah. I would walk. <laughs> we actually did a gig uh, at a pub in East London where yep. Iron Maiden had their first gig. But that's unfortunately, was the one and only okay. gig that, that I did with them. So you make it back to, to New Zealand um, and you've got this, this song sort of rolling around. And how was it introduced to the rest of the guys? Well, I actually set myself up in London with a... Um, a couple of tape decks okay. and a drum machine, mm. and I used to send I sent Grant back okay. a, a tape of of the songs. Yeah, of the songs. Uh, I think at that stage we were still writing individually mostly. When we got I got back from we got back from our OE, we really started to write together okay. more. Okay, and that that flourished collaboration, big thing. And Marcel, um, just we just regrouped with Mac on the bass. Yeah, and we just practiced as a three piece. Yep. We just go around people's houses and. Yep. Can we use your lounge? Yes. Um, and a lot of these wonderful old Christchurch villas that yep. some are standing, some are not. Um, and we just just sort of ended up doing songs that became very easy and, you know, um, one guitar, you know, drums and bass. And then at what point, what's the, what's the plan at that point? What do you, you want to do? So I think at that stage we're thinking, well, none of us felt like the natural lead singer, I suppose, yep. at that time. So we, uh, Greg Sneddon came along with mutual contact mm. and we planned to record an album, which we did at mm. uh, Red Acoustics okay. in the building that used to be the Nurse Maud um, Association head office, yeah. original building. And we released that in the 95? 95. 95. Okay. It was produced by Billy Lang. Okay. Who's a famous uh, session musician producer who else who would we he, know? he played on all the waka chicka waka 
Boney M <laughs> okay. albums in the 70s is Australian. Oh, wow. Went over and played guitar on a heap of Boney M stuff. Yep. And um, for a short time, because he was flying commercial planes by the time we met him. Oh, okay. Uh, he had a little setup in a little studio. It was yeah. Melton, didn't he, Rich? Yeah. And we, um, we did some demos there yeah. um, a few years before. So we just naturally thought, well, who's going to be our producer? And what did he bring? What did he bring to the tracks? Experience. Okay. Quality. Yeah. Quality control. Yep. And some great session guitaring when okay. when needed. Yes. It was engineered by Sam Cook. Not the Sam. No, Cook. not not the not that Sam <laughs> Cook. But he was a real find, wasn't he? Yeah. He just was part of. He was in house with the studio. Yeah. Uh, Terry Malloy's studio, and um, he was amazing. It's really good. And we had a few session people sing on that. Sarah, Sarah sang on it at the time. Let me just ask, how long has the current formation of the band been been together? About about three years. So we, we had a big hiatus from 95, 96. We, we put the CD out. We gave it a real push. Yep. Um, it, it covered its costs. And, yes. You know, good. We, we promoted it. Yep. We had a video on Cry TV. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. We did too. Memories. The yep. bur- burgeoning Cry TV. We, we, we yep. ra- ran around to Wheatfield and Taitapu. Yes, you do. As you do. Yeah. You know, excuse me. Can we use your, yeah, uh, yeah. We, can we borrow your Wheatfield? We borrowed a camera off Joe Morgan and uh, and someone had access to the TV3 editing suite. So Lovely. it was very handy yes. at the time. Was it Richard Carter that... Um Probably was filmed Richard. It. Richard, he filmed it, didn't yeah. he? That's right. It was all that sort of style at the time when everything wobbled around. Uh, a yeah, lot okay. of wobbling. Okay, a lot yes. of handheld wobbling. <laughs> we hired yeah. out Bardellis as well. Oh, great. Pub in town. And yeah. we had sort of the whole romantic thing happening there. Yeah. Romantic scene. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of fun. This is Song Merchants with In Dark. Your amorous skin dark 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with song merchants on Plains FM 96.9. Um, Richard, young man in short pants, uh, or trousers at least, depending on which country you were brought up in. Um, what do you say to that early teens teens guy? Any advice for that young man? I didn't prep on this. I mean, you, he's standing right in front of you. Just don't waste time. Just okay. get on with it. Yeah. There's been a lot of things that it, uh, would, you know uh, could have done differently. Was there any direct support from the industry to to nurture burgeoning talent? We had a lot of support from the likes of people like CJ's Music okay. Store. Yep. Everyone talks about him because yep. he was a legend. Yep. Around the time there was a there was a New Zealand music was very healthy. Yes. Unfortunately, we sort of came up when it started to decline a little bit. Okay. And so the, there was less opportunities. I think. Yep. Uh, a lot of the pubs disappeared. Okay. They went down to duos and yep. things like that. and Sequences. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. DJs. So it, we saw the change happening. Okay. So we kind of went inward a little bit and just set up our, our own little studios and yep. okay. did our own thing. Yeah. yeah. It's the recording, isn't it, Rich? I mean, it was very difficult to access quality recording okay. without being able to pay for that. Yep. And we were we had young families and yep. and starting out, you know, with that stuff and you know, you know the, the joke about the pizza and the and the musician and that one can feed a family. So it's um recording was expensive, but we did a lot of our own recording, our own demo. Yep. But never really to the right level, I guess. Okay. Of of quality. But we yeah. but we've always written songs. We've just We've got a whole back catalogue of, of songs. Yeah. And Ford catalogue, we're still writing stuff. Yeah. And um, so now you can just do a lot of this yourself, can't you? You can record yourselves. Um, record but it's interesting you say that, um, yes, the equipment is more readily available, but when you talk about that session you did out in West Melton, um, it's that quality control. Yeah. People can, you know, spend the money, but you still, I think you still need the ear to be able to... You know, get the get the product. In the end. We have this conversation quite often because it's very difficult to get a clear view of what music is when you're involved in it. It's better that someone from the outside looking in can see it much clearer for what it is than you can because you're involved in it. You know it intimately. Yeah. But it's you can't see. It's very difficult to see the whole the whole picture. I imagine so there's what also, producers do. There's also the trust to be able to believe and take what this person is saying, especially if they maybe harshly critiquing what you've what you've presented that must be that must be tough looking back for you grant is there anything you would have changed no i think you just the life your life's a journey isn't it yep. and you just everything you d that comes across is just part of your experience isn't it and your cv it mm -hmm. makes you up so yeah you know just got to be yourself what's the next step for for you guys music gigs are we going to kick anyone out imminently? Is there going to be a scandal on the front of stuff? I, I think the um, <laughs> I, look. I think we've, that's the beauty now of, uh, of of having that water under the bridge is yep. that we've just got a great group. Yeah. Um, the the music is that's the whole vibe of the song merchants. Yeah. It's about the songs. Yep. And what do the songs need? Yep. We've got a whole range of different styles of, of, of music and yep. um, different genres. There's a lot there, and it's just getting on with that recording yep. and just pushing it out. We're going to take a short commercial break. Um, we're going to come back to Song Merchants, and we're going to play Mini Quiz. 
There's only one way to settle this. There is another way. Visit midiquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizit in your neighbourhood really is. Miniquiz.com. Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Song Merchants on Plains FM 96.9. And I'm obviously here with Richard and Grant, and we're going to play mini quiz. What is mini quiz, you ask? Well, I've got 10 questions. Um, I'm going to ask them of you, to you, um, and you've got 60 seconds to give me the answers. If you don't know the answer, just say pass. All right? The score you're trying to beat is eight. Um, old Joe Sampson um, of bands has got there we've had a few uh ones twos possibly a zero there <laughs> so um i i imagine you guys are going to do pretty well um are we excited are we gonna yes, we're gonna yes. pumped we're pumped. pumped there you go we're gonna nail it okay here we go song merchants your time starts now what were elvis presley's shoes made out of in his 1956 hit blue suede which award-winning movie soundtrack from 2016 includes the songs City of Stars and Start of Fire? Is it uh, La-, La La Land? Which musician created a fictional character Major Tom? David Bowie or David Bowie? Which band released the best-selling album entitled The Joshua Tree in 1987? You too. Which band or musician released Real Slim Shady, one of the top-selling singles of 2000? Eminem. Which Beatles song said, Will you be sending me a Valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. When I'm 64. Which famous musician was found dead in London on September 18th, 1970? Oh, Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix, yeah. Which group had a number one hit in 1992 entitled, I'm Too Sexy? Right, said Fred. Which musical instrument typically has 46 or 47 strings? Oh, be a harp or a piano. Piano, I'll say. Yes. I will accept that. My God, <laughs> nine out of ten. You guys have just gone to the top of the leaderboard. That's fantastic. We got time for one more track, and I'm interested uh, when you were talking about the variety of genres that you guys cover. Electronica is our new thing. Um, so tell me about the next song we're going to hear and how the collaboration uh, happened. Nighttime is the name of the song. Yep. And it's a, it's a song that uh, Rich and I worked on a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And at the time, we just felt it wasn't really something that we had the musical skills or the people around us to be able to, to play it. Mm. So we've reconnected in the last few years with uh, one of our original members, Oliver Huggins, mm. a.k.a. Shiraz Man. And he's produced the song and steered us down this electronica path, which was what we sort of envisaged the song may be anyway, and he's just brought the, the person to that. Okay. Uh, I had this chord progression on the guitar, and Grant put some words to it, and Yeah. there you go. How does it feel, having the sort of electronica thing as opposed to just a solely sort of organic kind of composition with the band? It's there. It's very satisfying because it's it's almost like there's a lot more cutting and pasting and okay. and like writing with a word document where you yep. can move things around. Yes. Uh, and not quite sure where we'll end up. Yeah. The, the song 
it, it sort of changed the little, the structure of it changed a bit from how it was originally written, but we were really happy with, um, with what he's done. Uh, the world's a bit messed up, obviously, and has been for a couple of years at least. Um, are we going to be able to hear you guys do your thing anytime soon, hopefully? We, we'd love to be able to play a bit more live. We haven't done a, done a heap for those obvious reasons. Mm. Uh, we are beginning pre-production on our next album. Cool. We're just getting on with that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we thought we might just play like we used to, just go around a few of the school fairs and the, yep. the, the local things and yep. just get out amongst the community. And yep. um, it's a great environment. we love it. We love it. Yeah. We'll probably spend the winter hibernating, yep. recording, yep. and then in the spring or summer, See how things are and get out there. It is it is fun all playing together yeah. and the harmonies. Um, we as we said we pretty much all sing. Um, We're getting a bit of a Fleetwood Mac vibe in a way. Yeah, sort of the chopping and changing as well. Yeah, a little definitely. And it's been it's been um, part of what the Merchants is all about is giving everyone the opportunity. So yep. Mac singing a couple. Yep. Uh, Sarah's gone a few, sing a few more in her yep. own right. Drew's singing songs. That's cool. Um, and the harmonising. Yeah. You know, which yep. is, there's plenty of voices and yep. there's plenty of notes. So we most will uh, get as many into that That's side amazing. of it, create the layers. Just got to get you singing there, Rich. Yeah. He's got a great falsetto. Yeah. He's got a really amazing falsetto. So, Guys, I want to say thank you so much for coming on Garden of Sound. It's been wonderful to, to hear about the history and what's coming up as well. Thanks, Ian. We really appreciate the opportunity.
time for my track of the week, and it's from an artist that Grant and Richard spoke about earlier in the show, Al Park. I'm hoping to have Al on the show sometime soon, but in the meantime, from his forthcoming album Pony, and released today, this is California.
Thanks for joining me today on Garden of Sound, and thanks to Grant and Richard from Song Merchants for coming in for a chat. Head to gardenofsound.nz and click on their band photo to keep up with everything going on musically for Song Merchants, and I certainly look forward to their new releases. I'm Ian Turner, and this has been Garden of Sound. Until next week, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. In the hora. Outtakes. That's right. Of exactly this happening. Okay. No, you do it. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a bit like, is it good night from him? And it's good night from me. Yeah, Awesome. <laughs> oh, appreciate yeah. it. It's really wonderful. Thanks, Ian.